Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Podcastica here on the Night of the Living Geeks Network. My name is John, and joining me as always through my travels in time and space is my good friend Taylor. Taylor, how's it going? <laughs> it's going pretty good. Work's been busy and kind of frustrating, but life on the whole has been good, so I cannot complain. Excellent. Excellent news. Indeed. Speaking of news, we should, uh, yeah, let, before we get to the greatest show in the galaxy, which I am, spoiler alert, very excited to talk about. <laughs> Good. We have some Who news. Yeah, we do. Um, so, a little bit more news coming out about that spinoff class, mm -hmm. which I, I'm still not sold on it, quite honestly, but they recently revealed that there will be a, a little tribute uh, to one of the former teachers of the Coal Hill School, Barbara Wright, uh, who Classic Who fans might know as one of the first Doctor's first companions on the show. Oh, yes, um, yes, yes. Yeah, they they uh, they released a picture, and there's a, a link that we'll throw up in the show notes, um, where they showed a picture of like the, the plans for the Barbara Wright building oh. uh, and there were a couple of other pictures it, it actually looks like it looks like coal hill school is now coal hill academy uh, and they've got a, a much bigger building and it doesn't even look like it's on the site of the original school huh uh, it's tough to tell because it was just like some small exterior shots of like the sign um but it does not look to be uh the same location that we were used to uh throughout doctor who up until now um or they got bought out and became a charter school or something like that i'm not sure what hey you never know till we see the footage uh yeah that's true but it does make me nervous that moffat actually described the show i think and it's quoted in this article um as edgy sexy and right now um okay well that is yeah so okay that's a description <laughs> i'm not, i i think two of those words might have been a description describing something as right now yes as more just an indicator of time but whatever i'm not moffat so thank god for that yes indeed uh i will reserve my feelings until i see some footage until i see a trailer yeah yeah, right. So, I mean, the last Doctor Who spinoff we got was Torchwood, and for the most part, it was an enjoyable show. Yeah. So, we will see what Moffat and his era do with a spinoff. <laughs> we'll see. And some news, I think um, this came out today, right? I Yeah, I saw it this morning and got incredibly excited about it. Um, uh, Big Finish is working on the, uh, basically, the, the second volume the second installment of the diary of river song uh series and it, it's coming out in january of next year january 2017 and it looks like it's going to feature a story involving the sixth doctor the seventh doctor and river <laughs> that is extremely exciting i saw that this morning and i was very very excited um this this will come out right before gallifrey so it'll be at that ominous big finish table that i I'm, try not to spend money at every year yeah i'm already a little nervous about like well 
do I ask for actual things for birthday and Christmas or just like, look, give me money. I'm going to a Doctor Who convention. I'm going to need it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, oh boy. But having, having <clears throat> just reviewed a sixth Doctor story and currently reviewing a seventh Doctor story, those, those two Doctors are pretty prominent in our minds. And so to imagine either and both of them uh, uh, interacting with River Song is is really kind of a neat uh, idea. I, they're just two very different personality types matched up with her. Uh, I agree 100% with everything you just said, and then some. These big finish, the, the big finish in general is a great great thing, and y'all should start looking into it. And this is going to be fantastic. So Taylor, I am uh, I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm so ready. I love this story. So this week we watched The Greatest Show in the Galaxy, starring Sylvester McCoy as the Doctor, Sophie Aldred as a friend of the show, Sophie Aldred, T.P. McKinnon as Captain Cook, and Jessica Martin as Mags. It was written by Stephen Wyatt and directed by Alan Waring, and it first aired December 14th, 1988. To January fourth, nineteen eighty nine. Taylor, oh, do you? We got some. Sh- okay, I um, I was gonna say Taylor. What's the synopsis? But we have some story notes first, folks. We do, we do. Yeah, it was um, it was actually an asbestos scare at the BBC studios that prompted the idea for a story that could be shot outdoors. Um, and oh. I think that actually benefited this story greatly because I I can only imagine if this had been shot indoors I don't think it would have had a as good of a feel honestly totally 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 and and for what it's worth I didn't skip over the first note I will get to that I just put them out of order Um, (laughs) there's a character in the story that I'm sure John you and I will both uh, talk about at length about he's called the whiz kid yes Um, and it is noted, thank you, TARDIS Wikia. I want to encourage everybody to go and support those guys because they do a great job. The WizKid is specifically meant to be a parody of Doctor Who fans. Uh, <laughs> okay. So he's kind of classic Who's Osgood, I guess. Yes. The the rap song, <laughs> yes, this is just how street we are in the <laughs> 80s. The rap song that we hear. Uh, in the story is actually the first song actually commissioned for Doctor Who since the first Doctor story, The Gunfighters. Ah, yes. And there actually wouldn't be another one until the David Tennant era. Wow, really? Yeah. Huh, that's very interesting. We will uh, talk about the rap for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will. Unfortunately, the 80s did not have auto-tune. No. Uh, at six words long, this story title was the longest until The Doctor, The Widow, and The Wardrobe in 2011. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and yes, we will. I'm sure this next point we will talk about in great detail, but the uh, explosion of the tent at the end of the story was definitely bigger than expected, and it did catch Sylvester McCoy's jacket on fire, <laughs> but he kept his cool like a boss because he knew there would not be a second take. Hats off to you, Mr. McCoy. Indeed. That is and, and, great. Right? Yes. Um, this actually was also the, the last story of the 25th anniversary season. And seeing how it ends, I was kind of like, I'm so used to like this story arc and a much more dramatic ending. But 
you get to the end of the story in this one, you're like, okay, there's the season. <laughs> yeah, base. Yeah, there's no like hook, or it's just like, well, we we did it, and then the credits roll. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. For what it's worth, I did reach out to both Sylvester McCoy and Sophie Aldred on uh, Twitter, just saying, "Hey, we're about to review this story. Do you have any?" Uh, any memories of the story that you can share with us? Unfortunately, I didn't hear back from either of them. Um, I know they're both busy on the convention circuit right now. Yes. But, uh, you know, again, our appreciation, our hats off to them for interacting with us as much as they do. Yes. By all means, check them out on Twitter, please. We will put their Twitter handles in the show notes. That is for sure. So, Taylor, I believe you have a synopsis for us. I do. I do. Um, so Ace and the Doctor are lured to the planet Seganax by a sweet coupon code for the Psychic Circus. But things aren't quite what they seem. The clowns are creepier than normal, and a really ancient establishment is holding these stinkfoot hippies down, man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Let me first Sorry, off, <laughs> I want to say um, <laughs> this story is so good. Just It is. Just, it's... It's really, really good, and it 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 starts off with a rap. <laughs> Let's be honest; it, I, I, it's a rap with like no beat and just like a rhythm set up from scratching. I think. <laughs> yes, and it's the. I guess he is he the ringmaster. He's the ringmaster. Yes, he is. And he's saying a little rap about the uh, greatest show in the galaxy. Yeah, and <laughs> Kanye, Kanye ain't got nothing on this dude. Yeah. It, it... <laughs> It was I was like, oh, this is um this is pretty cool. And I don't I don't have this as a note, but I think it was I I mean, uh, there are a lot of white people in Doctor Who. Let's just put that out there. And yes. I feel like this was the first time that I can remember that we saw a black man as a somewhat lead well, he was like a supporting character. Yeah, you know, I I think that's definitely true and without necessarily having like a photographic memory of every episode i can just kind of flash back to right um i i think that's very true um i feel like well we had toberman <laughs> well yes we, <laughs> we did have cyber toberman yes um uh, and his excellent smash um that is true and i and i'm sure there have been others over the years but i i think yeah in much the same way i feel like especially you know after our our 18 month hiatus and then the remainder of the Six Doctors era, I, I almost feel like, you know, the production team and everybody kind of took a moment to go, okay, we've been a little bonkers. Uh, let's try to get a little bit more serious and a little bit, you know, um, I think having Andrew Cartmel come on as the, the script editor yes, uh, in this era and and his kind of idea to deepen the mystery of the doctor again, I think I think did wonders, and I really wonder uh, what it would have looked like had the show not ended after the twenty sixth season, um, and it had gone on for at least a few more seasons. I'd love to see where they would have taken things. Yeah, that would have been that would have been interesting, and maybe it, when we come back around, we'll, we'll dive a little more into that when we get back to Sylvester McCoy's Doctor. I'd love to. We have the Doctor and Ace in the TARDIS, and Ace is wearing the Tom Baker scarf, which I oh, I went crazy great. for. <laughs> that was great. I loved it. And then at one point, I think she she comes out, I think, after the junk mail bot shows up, and she's wearing um, uh, Mel's uh, 
blue and white polka dot jacket oh, that was the right before ace yes <laughs> and we're we're kind of all over the place and i've noticed this a lot with classic who we are introducing characters upon characters in yes. classic who we have to set up everybody before we actually get to the doctor and but we get to them a little early we have this guy riding around <laughs> on a motorcycle and he yes. i dubbed him doctor who fury road i love that i absolutely <laughs> love that that's fantastic nord van yes. the road um just <laughs> such a crazy character i would have loved i honestly i'd love to see just like a side story I, i'd like to see just a side story of of how nord i'd like to see his origin story let's put it that way <laughs> Um, I'd love to see how he came to be and how he had that little burger box. Yes, the burger. That does not I, seem like a good place to keep a hamburger. That's might just I, be me. It's not but, where I would keep it, but. Yeah, it was like at the bottom by the engine, and it almost looked like he he heated it up with the engine and it had, didn't like, wasn't smoke coming out of it. Uh, yeah. And, and <laughs> there, I mean, there is, I mean, you honestly, you can cook stuff on an engine if it is prepared correctly. I mean, don't just slap down a, a yeah. ribeye on the manifold there, but <laughs> yes, definitely. And we, we find out at around this time that ACE does not enjoy the circus. Oh, because the junk mail bot come, he just materializes into the TARDIS and plugs itself in yep. and is like, Hey, come to the, come to the psychic circus. It'll be great. And she's like, I don't like yeah, clowns. And yeah. the doctor's like, come on, let's go. And I, my favorite part was the little junk mail robot being basically saying to Ace, you scared, bro? <laughs> no, totally. It, it, it is like calling uh, McFly chicken. Yes. <laughs> it was definitely like, like that. You chicken? Come on. It's the psychic circus. And, yeah, and, and she's, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. We're introduced to... Now, I can't remember what order this goes in, but we, we were introduced to um, <laughs> Bellboy and Flower Child, and my note is, oh, the late 80s yeah. with these names. Yeah, there's there's very, very much a strong overtone of, like, let's take characters who could have looked like they appeared on the album art for Sgt. Pepper you know what? I also have a weird reference. That bus looks like it's from Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, totally does, doesn't it? <laughs> so I was getting a very weird, yes, a, a cross vibe between Sergeant Peppers and Jesus Christ Superstar when we were in the yeah. desert a lot. Yeah, it, there definitely is. And, and I'm sure that there's a, a story behind, you know, the design and the choice for that, because I really feel like the whole like, like neo hippie movement didn't start more until into the 90s. Yeah. Um, so, so to have these elements uh, kind of running around here, uh, and, and with a lot of other kind of weird uh, symbolism and stuff that we'll get to later, uh, it was interesting and there's a lot of stuff on this alien planet that seems oddly earth-like and i keep just trying to tell myself well it's a psychic circus it's just feeding off somebody's image of earth right I guess. or what makes or their surroundings that would make them comfortable yeah exactly until they get inside <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then it gets really weird there's the there are these kites in the air and yep. they seem kind of distracted by them and then this hearse pulls up 
<laughs> yes. And this window rolls down, and we are introduced to this horrifyingly creepy clown who is chief clown in the credits. Yep. And I did not write down... Let's just talk about Chief Clown for a little bit here. I was this guy was great. He was fantastic. <laughs> he really was. I mean, if you if you watch the story and you pay, you know, most attention to to his acting, he actually is a great actor and he brings a lot of honestly a lot of creepiness. Yes. <laughs> uh, to the role, but at the same time he does stuff that's very like I'm just a clown or Ooh, it's magic, and yes. and at the same time is being very creepy, which just I think amps up the creep factor for him. Very much so. He did a fantastic job. There's sometimes when he would change the the tone of his voice mm-hmm. in, in almost just like a random way when he was talking. It just almost seemed random when he would do it, but it was just yeah, he was fantastic. But good God, was he creepy! <laughs> <laughs> and you you had such a great reaction video. I literally showed the rest of the family. <laughs> like what this is so much, this is so funny. <laughs> well, because it was hard. I was watching it and I think usually when we do the reaction videos, it's like we're showing something that is not enjoyable or that is funny. And right. there wasn't a lot of things that I could, you know, poke holes in and find funny. Mm-hmm. So I you know, I it no, it was good. <laughs> I just went with the creepiest part. I was like, nope, I'm no, no, thank you, yeah. crazy clown. Speaking of his hearse, I love how they make it seem less earthly. Where like there's the the little kind of like sound as the window goes up and the window goes oh, down. Yes, yes. <laughs> a little space buzz. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just, just, oh boy, so, so, so creepy. We will talk about Chief Clown at great length throughout this episode. And we, we forget to mention that Nord, he kind of appears out of this fog thing. Yeah, I think it's a, a teleport, a transmat of some kind. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, a transmat that has smog and he just comes out of it and he's just rolling along and. This at the, this point, the doctor and Ace have landed on the planet. They're kind of strolling along, and it's so strange. There's just circus clowns just being like, "This way, go this way," and they're yeah. like, "There's one on stilts." There's, oh boy, it's just horrifyingly creepy. Well, and they also encounter uh, fruit cart lady. Yes, fruit cart lady, and that they stop. Oh. Yes. They stop and ask Fruit Cart Lady about the circus, and she does not really care for the circus at all. And she just says it's basically a tourist trap, and everybody always wants to go there. No, but she's like looking for an uh, upstanding people to come eat food at her cart. And I guess she wouldn't. Was it that she wouldn't tell them before? She wouldn't tell them where the circus was if. But they had to like eat something. Yeah, she basically was kind of holding that over them to 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 get that information, um, because everybody wants to go to the psychic circus, according to her, is a bunch of weirdos. Yeah. So yeah, she makes them eat something, and this I really really enjoyed this scene where they're just trying to power through eating this. It looked disgusting. Whatever it was. Oh, yeah. It, it was. It, I feel like the conversation that that 
the doctor and Ace have is very kind of like almost kind of like father daughter. Yes, just eat the In food; it'll be fine. We'll get through it. And yeah. then I like when she's like, "How's the food?" And he goes, "Delicious, madam, delicious." Just like kind of oh. in the middle of eating. Yeah, I know that's a great scene. Oh man! So I, it's at this point that I believe Nord, who I who I have dubbed the dude on the bike with the sweet helmet, he's going to do. Uh, Horrible things to ears and unpleasantness to faces is yes. what I have written down here. I I I just I love hearing him pronounce words yes. and leave most of them out, most of the letters out of it because <laughs> I've got the note no vando of the woes. <laughs> I think at this point the they're kind of they're walking away from the food cart lady and the hearse almost hits them, almost hits Ace. Yeah, because it's tearing uh, it's tearing down the road because they're still looking for Flower Child and Bellboy. Yeah, and we get introduced to even more characters, and yes. I I dubbed them Bizarro Doctor and Ace. It's Captain Cook and Mags. Oh, how funny! And like well, as soon as they came on screen and they were kind of talking and introducing each other, I was like, this is just they're just a bizarro version of them. <laughs> alternate universe doctor and ace that's funny because to me i just went oh look it's another story with a stuffy brit and a pith helmet <laughs> suddenly it's kinda yes oh boy yep yeah yeah i i just i really enjoyed those i enjoyed those scenes between just the beginning scenes when they're by the sand robot and oh yeah the robot and I also just love. I before we talk about the the sand robot, I really enjoyed Mags's look. I thought she had a cool look. Costume was oh yeah, totally. So they, I guess they are on an expedition, and they find this sand robot, and it it comes to life, and yeah. it grabs Mags and Captain mm-hmm. Cook. He's just chilling. <laughs> not be more chill no he's just like oh it's fine i'm sure something will happen that is good (laughs) and and let's be honest again you know classic who yeah it's the 80s okay late 80s but the 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 quality of the animatronics of the robot is really pretty good yes i 100 percent agree it it looked super cool in how it moved and uh naturally ace had to hit it well, yeah. Yes, naturally. Had to hit it to make it stop. So at this point, we head back to the the foggy transporter, and I'm trying to figure out who this hipster on the Huffy is. <laughs> Can I just say that is my first vote for alternative title? <laughs> the hipster on the Huffy comes through, and he's just, he's just riding through. And I'm just like, what is going on? What is happening mm-hmm. with all these characters? They're just... There's a por- an off-world portal, and they just come through, and try to find the circus i mean it is the greatest show in the galaxy yeah so i mean you know and can i just can i just say there are there are so many people today who'd be like oh my god look at that sweet vintage bmx i gotta have it drive around with it on my roof rack (laughs) yes definitely there would be a million people that would die for that bike Uh, there was one weird thing where bellboy he says i'm gonna get myself captured and you stay here and you know, just make sure everything's cool. I don't want them to get you. So he he runs away, and for we see one a cut where someone someone comes up behind Flower Child and Karate Child, or just grabs her. Mm-hmm. 
And then for four minutes, we don't we see other scenes. We're going through other scenes, and then there's like a bizarre cut where it's her for like I want to say four seconds being dra- dragged somewhere, and then cut, and then that's it. It was just very bizarre to me. It almost felt like they needed to. F- they were trying to fit all this stuff into part one, which was yeah a lot yeah, of story was, building. What's funny, what's funny is because I actually remember reading when I was doing research on this episode that it was it was originally only three parts, and then they were like, "No, let's flesh it out to four. Can really? you imagine cramming all of that into three parts? Yeah. No, I that is not good. <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> they didn't one. do that. Yeah. How many three-parters are there? Are there a lot of three-parters? Have we reviewed any three-parters? I don't think that we have. We've had a few fives. Yes. <laughs> uh, and and you can usually go back and find this pretty easy because we bemoaned that pretty early on. Yeah. Last one was only a two-parter, but it was two forty-fives. Yes. So it still was technically a four-parter if you broke it up. Yeah. I I don't know that we've done a three parter yet. No, that's just a, uh, a an odd number, literally. Um. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. So we talked about Jesus Christ Superstar earlier. We we finally see this this bus, and then yeah. and then we get the second most creepiest thing in this episode. The <laughs> another good. the robot ticket taker. Yeah, the conductor. Oh my <laughs> tickets, please his, tickets. His, is fair blaster. Yeah, what in the world? Like what kind of place is this? Where we murder people that don't have ticket fare? Well, okay, later on we find out that Bellboy is the character who basically developed all these robots. Yes. But then later on we also find out that we've they've landed on a planet and set up shop in a place where one of the characters has basically found something dark and sinister that has taken over the circus. So I think I think it's safe to say that the robots and stuff as we meet them now have basically been perverted in a way. Yes, I think that is definitely a fair thing to say. And he even seems <laughs> to think that a little later. Yeah. And... I just love there. We get a lot of wide shots of the psychic circus with with the uh, the. I guess it kind of looks like maybe Saturn in the background. Yeah, there's there's a planet with rings off in the in the great distance there. Yeah, and it looks it looks really really good, and I mm-hmm. I, I just love that they as you talked about earlier. I they shot it outside. I mean, granted, there's some graphics in that, but it just it looked really cool, and I really really enjoyed it. Yeah, and um. <laughs> Harry Potter wants to go to the psychic circus. Oh, there's that scene where he pulls up to the the woman on the cart and basically says, "What is he?" She's like, "Oh, you seem like an out, upstanding young man. Finally, someone who comes out here just to visit." And he's like, "I want to go to the psychic circus." And she's like, "Womp womp." <laughs> totally, total sad trombone. And yeah, I've got, I totally got the note. I'm like, "Dang, whiz kid, looks like a." Ton. like a uh, like a modern day Daniel Radcliffe. Yes, yes, he did. Completely, I'm like looking at him, like no way. And I, I almost went and researched to see if like Daniel Radcliffe had an older brother, <laughs> like a really older brother, I guess. I did look him up. I <laughs> did. He looks so alike. Yeah, I looked him up. I didn't. He didn't really do. I think he did a couple of. I think he still might be acting. Honestly. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I can't. I was looking up people like left and right. I'm like, who's Chief Clown? Mm-hmm. Who's Mags? Who's the like? So I might have gotten them mixed up a little bit. But this epi- this part, part one ends very strangely with they. Uh, I believe. Oh, they all agree to go to the circus. They being uh, Captain Cook, Mags, Ace, and the Doctor. But yeah. Mags and Captain Cook get there earlier than them. And the the clown chief clown is just oh, like can mm. just, yes. Can can I just say because when we first meet Chief Clown, he's basically in an he's in an Undertaker's outfit. Yes, like an actual Undertaker, not the wrestler. Yeah, uh, yes, yes. But then all of a sudden we get to the circus and he is in this very elaborate. Oh yeah, silver um, outfit. You know, with this little you know cone shaped hat and everything and it's it's amazing from a costuming point of view it's, oh yes it's a completely amazing outfit but i've got the note of like oh my god did he have that thing on under his like undertaker's outfit the whole time who knows maybe he's insane of course he did <laughs> he is of course he did on a nice warm planet like second act why not he's a crazy person <laughs> he is a crazy person. <laughs> and you know what his makeup didn't run that planet looked pretty hot and he yeah, uh he's Maybe he has a central cooling system somewhere installed in him. <laughs> or it's some sort of future Revlon product. Oh, or maybe. So, ca- maybe. Cap... Oh, go ahead. I said maybe he's born with it. May- maybe it's Maybelline. Maybelline. <laughs> <laughs> so, Captain Cook and Mags get there before the Doctor and Ace, and they're just let in. So, first of all, this seems not right at all. <laughs> they're just let in they don't pay nope. they just go in and mags they go in and they see they see oh that's the other cre- creepy thing is there's a lot of applause and clapping going on mm-hmm. and then as soon as they go into the into the actual circus it's like dead silent totally <laughs> And I think Captain Cook says, listen, they're all having a good time in there. And I'm like, no one's saying anything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Bellboy is, of course, in there about to get you know punished for running away. Yes. And there's just screaming. And they do. Uh, Mags is just screaming. And then it goes to the outside. And there is Ace and the doctor. And Ace kind of stops and says, do you hear that screaming? Which I thought was very bizarre. Mm-hmm. That she could hear it from so far away and over the circus music. I yeah, but you know what? Even I think that if you you listen closely enough to the audio, it I think it actually is buried in there. Really, very. I think it is. That's cool. That's very cool. And that's basically how we end with the doctor going. Well, are we going in? Or are we not? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Into the credits. I'm like, well, that's a light cliffhanger. Yes. And then we we enter part two with the ace with the ace yes the ace with <laughs> shit <The ace. laughs> with ace and the doctor they walk up to the gypsy who's taking who's taking tickets and as soon as ace sees the gypsy she turns right around and the doctor ropes her back in with the question mark uh, umbrella which I loved I thought that was great oh yeah no it's fantastic and then I think the the doctor starts talking to the gypsy Morgana. 
and um, you know, here they are these 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 you know hippy dippy you know circus types, and the doctor's walking around with her, looking at all the posters, talking about like like business models of like you yes. Know, Oh, you guys used to travel so much, and why did you settle down? And then, of course, the gypsy, right? Gypsies are wanderers by nature. She's like, well, you got to stop wandering sometime. Yeah. Like, really? Come on. <laughs> that's And that's that should have been a red flag right away. Right. <laughs> right. And they enter the circus, and the, the doctor just apparently really loves the circus. <laughs> Yes. He is just all about the circus. He is not at all put off by now it's completely silent. There's a mm-hmm. family of three sitting there and he goes to talk to them and they don't address him. And he's just like, well, I'm at the circus, whatever. And it's funny because this, this family looks like they were taken right out of <clears throat> like a masterpiece theater production that was set in like the 1950s. Yes, definitely. And you know, and it's so out of place. You're like, okay, there's something up with these and why does the kid keep whining about having ice cream? Yeah, and just the they're not looking at I don't think they look at each other. They don't look at the doctor. They don't look at anyone. They're just eyes are forward and everything yeah. seems very there's something very off about this family. Oh, totally. And I kind of figured it out. I think at the beginning of part three, I'm like, there's something, something deeply wrong with this family. Yeah. I mean, obviously going in, I already knew, but I won't spoil it for anyone who's listening (laughs) to this before watching this show. Come on, people. Why are you doing that? So the ringmaster comes out. He has another verse of his awesome rap. Heck yeah. And he says that we have a new act here. And then he... Points and a spotlight hits the doctor and Ace, and he's like, "Oh, splendid!" And Ace <laughs> is like, "What? What is happening?" And yeah. the, he leads them through this. He leads them through this little like canopy thing, and there yeah. is Mags and Captain Cook. And as soon as they enter, the trap is set. <laughs> This is if there is a part of the set that looks intentionally flimsy because everything else is, you know, kind of a billowy tent. So it's it's going to look flimsy. It's yes. flopping around. Um, it's this cage. <laughs> this door kind of drops down. Everything kind of shakes and wiggles a little bit. And I'm like, really? Yeah. I didn't see that at all. OK. And I love that. I love that. The doctor's like, oh, it's a trap. I should have known. Yeah, you should have known. Oh, poor me. Oh, bother. Christopher Robbins. Um, <laughs> now, is Ace put in there with him, or she she escapes, right? No, she escapes, yeah. She's she's like, I ain't having none of this, and she kind of gets surrounded by the by the robot clowns. Yeah. And they kind of do. You know how, like, you're walking down a hallway, and somebody's walking the other way, and you try not to, yes. like, run into Do you guys do this little dance? Yes. She kind of does that these robot clowns for a while <laughs> and then runs off and uses um, basically the pin that was flower child's earring. Yes. That she found in the desert to basically cut a slit in the tent material and, and, you know, <laughs> dive, dive through. through it and hide. Yes. In a very ingenious way, just whoop, dive through and close it back up yep. before the, the clowns yeah. walk by. Exactly. And yeah, so she's off on her own at this point. Yeah, and we, we go back to 
Captain Cook, and oh, Nord's in there as well. Yes, Nord, Vandal of the Mad Max tribute band. Yes, <laughs> he is also there, and <laughs> so we find out that these people that are captive, they are indeed each a new act, and yep. they have Nord go, and he he's out there, and I, what is his act that he's doing? Oh, he lifts the uh, he lifts does the heavy. Strong- yeah, he does the strongman thing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, haha, I did it. I'm great. And then the ringmaster's like, now Nord will tell his funniest joke. And he's like, what? And <laughs> and the family, at this point, at this, go ahead. the family holds up zeros, or they hold yeah. up nines, and then they hold up zeros. Yeah. And then he's he's dead. They kill him. Like he, I don't know. He gets struck by lightning and turns into dust. Pretty much. Nord vandal of the stand-up circuit. <laughs> yes, he he indeed vandalized trying to tell a joke. Which he did. did. It, he, but he was looking very Fl- Fred Flintstone in his little like, <laughs> strongman cloth. Yes, he was. And <laughs> I believe it's at this point that the whiz kid makes his way to the tent and I just have Harry Potter kid, no. Oh, hang on. Before we get to that, we previously had also been introduced to deadbeat oh yes deadbeat ace runs into him right yeah ace runs into him and i think he's also kind of near the the cage and he's sweeping up and he's kind of like i don't know posing a bob dylan song in his head or something he was he's Uh, doing something in his head i'm not sure what it is all right um so i I just want to mention that he's a character another character another character yeah because he kind of winds up being kind of important later on. So, boom, we have him as well. But, yes, the whiz kid shows up, and he is just basically gushing to Morgana oh, yes. about the psychic circus and, oh, my gosh, I got all these posters off eBay or whatever. And I just, in my head, I'm going, you know what? She has got to be thinking, oh, my God, please go. Go on inside to your doom already. Yes. Stop and- bothering me. And he goes in happy as can be. And yep. he is also he is also captured, but he doesn't seem very upset about being captured. He he's like, "Oh, you're Captain oh. Cook," and he's just like talking to Captain Cook, like he he knows who Captain Cook is. And yeah, is like just he's like, totally nerding out on Captain Cook. Yes, <laughs> and it's I think pretty close to this point where uh, the Doctor and Mags make. Um, make plans or at least execute a plan to escape. Yes. Which at this, which at this point I was like, I, if I was on another episode of the, uh, time scoop cast with our friend, Mike, I would pick Mags as my companion. That would be a real, I'd like to see somebody do that. If you go back on, you should do that. I, I really liked how they worked together Mm-hmm. And at one point I was like, I wonder if, cause I mean, I don't know that much. I'm like, I wonder if she'll, if she comes back, this was when, this is in part two when I'm thinking this. And then mm-hmm. we'll get to part three in, in a, in a minute here. <laughs> and I mean, speaking of mags, the doctor and her, they're, they're kind of, tr- they're trying to, f- they're looking around. They, they find this weird cave thing and, oh. Before that, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. This is hilarious because they, you know, they they do escape and they're they're running through the tent. And again, Chief Clown, he he comes on, I guess, the PA system. Oh God, the circus they've got. It. And he goes, Doctor, there is no escape. 
<laughs> Doctor, there is no escape. Oh. Morgana, call on line one. Morgana, yes. line one, please. And that's all I've got going through my head while he's doing it. But it is, it's that calmness that, that is just, uh, ugh, just, yeah. Oh, it, it's, God. yeah. Love you, Chief Clown. Love you, Chief Clown, for your creepiness. He is fantastic. So fantastic. <laughs> so the Doctor and Mags, they find this weird cave thing. And Mags seems... It's it's so weird. She sees like a moon shaped thing, yes. and she's Carving like, stone. "Yeah, it's it's so strange." She's like, "I want no part of that." And I'm like, "Okay, that's strange." <laughs> and they they find this. Um, I dubbed it the Electric Eye, which um, <laughs> is a my favorite Judas Priest song. Um, oh, okay. nice. And they find this eye, and they throw. <laughs> I would laugh really hard at the juggling pin graphic when he throws it down the the thing, and they're just Man. it's you know it's just like a it's just a graphic. <laughs> it is. This, this was the point where I almost did a reaction video of the the club falling down and hitting the eye because the eye kind of like lights up after the club falls down. They're just like, "Oi, yes, who dropped that eye? That hurt." <laughs> yes, and then at the end of this episode, I mean they they find the eye. They go, "What is this thing? I don't understand." And then we find out Captain Cook is a no good, dirty traitor. Boy, is he ever. And he has a bunch of robot clowns with him. Yep. And he's like, the the jig is up. I don't know what he said. He said something. <laughs> he does. He says a lot of things. And a lot of it is just wind. Yes. So um, that was the end of part two. And then we open part three. And I wrote this down. This is my first note about Deadbeat. And my only note about Deadbeat is Deadbeat, he's actually Kingpin. And I was like, okay, I guess that's important. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like, you know, he's he's doing a bit of uh, underacting in this. And I don't know if he's just working on his next indie jam or <laughs> what. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. But um, that that information was given to us. And I'm not even sure who gave us the information. I feel like it was, um, was it Bellboy? Uh, it, you know what? I think it was because Ace, in her attempt to escape, finds herself in Bellboy's like workshop. Yes. Does it, oh she gets locked in? Oh, because um, Chief Clown is like, oh, you're so scared of clowns. Let's see if you'll tell me where they are after I put you in here. Oh, right, of course. Yes, yes, yes. And he puts her in this, the, yeah, that little cart-looking thing, and it ends up that Bellboy's in there as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because, oh, they, totally. had, they had seen each other earlier when she was running from Chief Clown and all the robot clowns. He was, like, tied up in a room. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, he was. And the... They basically, I think they want him to fix a bunch of, they want him to fix a bunch of the robots is what it is. And he's like, yeah. no, because you're using them for evil. I was going to say, because it was a dusty, sandy planet. I mean, we've seen enough Star Wars movies where, you know, oh yeah, you're on a dusty, sandy planet and droids need fixing. Yes. The, yes, they do. If there's anything we know <laughs> about that, it is that droids need to get the sand out of them. And who's going to do that? Bellboy. Bellboy. <laughs> and it's funny because Bellboy and Ace, you know, they had this discussion and he's kind of like talking about what 
the circus and life in the circus was like before they got to second acts. And, and he literally says, I wrote this down as a quote. It's like, we had all these ideals. And I'm like, Oh, bellboy bemoaning the fate of all hippies. <laughs> and then it, it was, <laughs> we had all these ideals, man. We were going to make the world a better place, man. Yeah. Cause everything ended, man. Um, but, but having not actually watched this particular, uh, story in, in a couple of decades, quite honestly, um, you know how sometimes you like you read a book in high school and then you read it again in college and you're like, oh wow, there's a whole new layer there that I didn't realize was there. Yeah, I totally got this subtext going on of like, oh, okay, wait a second, no, the blank who we will later be introduced to are like the establishment, they're the man, and they're holding these hippies down and their ideals. And I'm like, I wonder if that was it. that's got to be intentional. Yeah. The right. <laughs> meant to do that right oh yeah definitely they had to have <laughs> i hope so i hope that wasn't a mistake so i believe at some point in part three captain cook leads everyone back to the cage including himself i think he tries to volunteer someone or chief clown's like nah you're gonna go next captain cook and this is yes. where captain cook convinces the whiz kid to go first <laughs> yes oh my god this and and all throughout captain cook is going on about oh survival of the fittest and i was like no you lying sack of yes that yeah the entire the time conniving. oh completely <laughs> and so yeah I, he totally convinces uh oh whiz kid would you like to go out ahead of me and, and take the limelight and everything's like oh, oh my god could i really yes and it's so funny because when when they do like usher out whiz kid he he literally he comes like strutting out he's got like nerd swagger yes really hilarious yeah and i think he almost gives like this he gives like a speech about how much he loves the circus or something like that right <laughs> Totally. And they give him the good old triple zeros. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they smoke him. So WizKid is no more. And I guess, so, yes, he uh, is, He is in fact, the Osgood of Classic Who. I guess so, yeah, because he got smoked. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> that's bad. Well. But what is, what again, what does that say about what the people who make Doctor Who think of the fans? See, it's so weird because when we go to Gallifrey, we see some of the people that make Doctor Who, and they all seem pretty happy to be there. Exactly, and and you know, from everything that I've seen from from you going and and, and others going, is they're all really appreciative. Yes, but maybe there's something about being in the writing room where it's just like, ah, those freaking fans, man. Let's let's create a character and kill it off. <laughs> The embodiment of the fans, and we'll murder it for our own enjoyment. Or something like that, yeah. Now, we go back to the cart where Bellboy and Ace are, and the clown comes back in. Chief Clown comes back in, and he's like, hey, you're going to fix these robots? And he's like, I already did fix the robots. And then the ro he has the robots kill him because he doesn't yeah. want to be used for, for evil. It is so... I mean, that that scene, when you really kind of take it in, it's like, okay, he made these robots. And granted, he didn't build the fastest robots no. ever because this is a very slow scene. Yes. And then he has his own creations kill him. And I'm like, oh, my God, dude, that's really kind of heavy. Yeah. Now, I'm looking at my notes here, mm -hmm. and 
did did they kill Flower Child? <laughs> she doesn't come back, right? Oh, she dies, right? Like I'm looking at my notes and I don't have one more note about. Oh wait, no, 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 no. Wait, does she die or does she? The, who are her and Ace team up and they help? No, it's just Ace and the um and Deadbeat, right? There's nobody else with them. Yeah. No, you're right. So she must die. So when whenever that thing that takes her, like it chokes her and kills her, I guess just yeah. takes her away. Yeah, that's um. Well, all right. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm missing a character here. Where are I they? No, you're absolutely right. And and there are just so many characters in the story that I completely glossed over <laughs> that fact that she is that she is killed so early on in the story. Now it's worth noting that um, she made the kites. Oh, okay. Flower Child made the kites that are then turned into basically drones. Yes. Uh, for lack of a better term. And they all have this kind of almost, you know, Egyptian-looking eye. Yes, in the middle of it. Yeah. And that, that again, that's creepy. You know, it's this kind of all-seeing eye, and here they are flying up and using them to track people and stuff. It's, yeah, there's a conspiracy theorist going off in my head right now. <laughs> so towards the end of this episode, it is revealed that Mags, the Doctor, and Captain Cook will all be entering the ring at the same time. And I went, oh, this is cool. Maybe, you know, they'll appease whatever is happening. And nah. my first note of part four is what is happening. But before we get to part four. And <laughs> this entire time, Captain Cook has been saying that Mags is a rare specimen. And yes. he's like, I told you, Doctor, that she was a rare specimen. And he says to, like, one of the clowns, like, change it to this color. And they shine the color on Mags, and she's like, no, and falls over. And we, it, it, in a very surprising twist, we find out that Mags is some sort of werewolf creature. Yeah, and, and apparently on the planet Volpana, Vol sounding like the German way of saying wolf, um, they must make incredible hairspray. <laughs> yeah. They must keep that in mind. And then this whole, yeah, this whole transformation scene with this this color of moonlight, which is far more bluish than any moon that I've seen in our skies. It, it, it's I'm sitting here going, I'm like, oh my god, she's in a Duran Duran video. <laughs> and I very, I very nearly made my made my reaction video playing just that scene, but having Hungry Like the Wolf playing in the background. <laughs> that would have been I just, great. I wasn't, I didn't know how I, I didn't have enough devices to make that. <laughs> I'm recording with my phone, playing with my tablet. I'm like, where's the music going to come from? And I, I thought it, I was like, really? The color of the moon can turn her into a werewolf? I'm like, Ooh, yeah. I'm like, weak story point. I'm like, all right, that's fine. The twist was good enough for me to be like, oh man, this is crazy. <laughs> good. And I feel like, a re like in part three, there is the uh, deadbeat and Ace are traveling. She finds out like he's important, so they're traveling to the Jesus Christ Superstar bus because there's something in there yeah. that they need that he's hidden. Yeah, um, um, deadbeat slash kingpin has got this medallion that. Um... On one side is mirrored 
but has painted on it that same kind of Egyptian-like eye, but the, well, for lack of a better term, the eyeball itself is missing. Yes. And that apparently is hidden in what looks like a cash box um, on the bus. Yeah, where where the tickets would have been. <laughs> yeah. Or, or the, money, yeah. the money for the tickets would have been placed. Maybe that's why he was so mad he couldn't find uh, couldn't find any of the money for all the tickets he should have been getting. There you go. So they travel back that way, and then we get there's a new creepy robot in the bus, like a newer version of it. Uh, he's I think he gets repaired because I'm the, not sure if it's a new one or if it gets repaired. Well, I looked at my video, and it looks pretty different. Like this one looks cleaner and it looks like its face is a tad bit different okay i'll take your word for it it attacks ace and around i think it does the the eye falls out in front of i'm gonna call him kingpin now and he yeah this is definitely in part we're we're firmly into part four now when this happens yes it like it falls out he puts the the thing on the pendant and then he starts to remember like who he is And then he's like, oh, you got to yeah. take off his hat and press the button. This is a Looney Tunes cartoon all of a sudden. Uh, yes, because the, the conductor is like giving Ace a really intense scalp massage. <laughs> yes. I'm like. He's, he's basically grabbed her by, like with its fingertips, by, you know, her temple and the top of her head. And she's like pulling her around. Yes. It's, yeah, it's like, he's like, I'm like, how did he not crush your head? <laughs> right, which is kind of what it looks like he's trying to do. Yes. I've jumped way ahead. What's that? I feel like I've jumped way ahead. Honestly, in terms of my notes, not so much. Although I do love the robot clown's reaction when the doctor calls uh, Captain Cook a crushing bore. <laughs> yes. Just, like, it, it's a robot clown, but it suddenly goes, <gasps> <Yeah>. <gasps> It's so, like, okay. Even the, the robot clown knows a sick burn when it hears one. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, so we get we'll go back to the the circus where the doctor is running away from a werewolf, and he's just yep. like swinging from a rope, which is great. I just like imagine yes. how oh, much. Such a I just imagine how much fun McCoy had just swinging from rope to rope. He's got su- he's got such a seriousness to his voice. It's it's almost like you know when he goes no Max. It's it's almost so big that it makes the rest of the scene feel really um, small. I yeah. don't have a better way of describing that. Yeah, it's yes, it it make yes. Does it make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. Okay. He he approaches the family. I feel like he he gets up towards the family and he ends up the eye the eyes of the family start glowing and I'm like, all right, there's something seriously yes. wrong here. And yes, they're glowing eyes. Yeah, and he has this huge prop fall down all the stairs, and I'm like, good, does, yes. I'm like, good on you, McCoy. You just you fell down all those stairs. That was ridiculous. Well, he's he was very much kind of a a very comedic performer, um, and, and a lot of physical acts and stuff even before getting into the role of Doctor Who. So this this episode was actually a big chance for him to kind of like feature a lot of those talents that he as an actor has. Yes, and uh he has many talents, yes, and they were 
indeed on display here. And that prop fall, it was, I, I watched it like three times. I was like, man, that is, that is harsh. But good on it. Yeah, no, he, they're real serious. He, I, I have a question for you, John. Yeah. So at this point, you know, and and we can kind of see inside the ring of the psychic circus, like all around the edge, it says PS, PS, PS. And I'm assuming that it should be psychic circus, but wouldn't that be PC? It says PS, really? It does. There's just a bunch of little cards down at the bottom and, and all around it just says PS, 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 like, like, you know, they're putting like the psychic circus's initials all around it but that's not the initials of the psychic circus unless there's a really bad phonetic painter oh man then you didn't see any notes on that anywhere like somebody screwed up i I didn't see any notes on it anywhere and i'm just like that's that's not right it should be pc if it means psychic circus because i don't know what else it means so maybe if somebody out there knows let us know i'm i'm curious yeah that's very interesting i did not catch that that's a wow that's a good catch Thanks. Very good catch. Um, Mags ends up murdering Captain Cook. Yep. And the uh, the family is not pleased, and they start talking in very deep voices. It, it, the ice cream was really cold. It actually made their voices <laughs> drop. That was a weird uh, side effect of the ice cream, but uh, second acts. So the doctor, he, uh, he flees, and I feel like maybe Mags flees with him because she's not a werewolf or something anymore. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we want more. We need another act now. And the, I think it's the it's the gypsy and the, uh, the ringmaster who apparently seem to have some sort of relationship. Thank you. I was just going to bring that up. They're, they're they're they've got a vibe. I'm like, okay, you guys are an item. Yeah, you guys are totally an item. It or not well because he's he calls her baby at one point he's like no baby it'll be fine well this will you know we're doing great here I, you know at first i kind of chalked that up to that that that's just kind of like his demeanor i almost feel like he would have said that to anyone but there was a scene i think in um i think in part three yeah where um is it ace is hiding I, I i think it's ace is hiding and they're in like the little ticket booth you know caravan um, talking about stuff, and and I'm just like, okay, this is kind of like a really close relationship. Yeah, right. Yeah, definitely. Yes, I definitely got that vibe off them, and I, I it was just so strange. Like the 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 clowns come with these giant like wicker baskets, and they put them inside the baskets, and they just die. It was so strange. Oh yeah, no. I mean, when 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 it's fully revealed um, who this family is and, and and the powers that they have, um, yeah, they can do that. Yes, the doctor I, I, does. He find oh man, this is folks it gets gets pretty crazy at this point. This is this yeah. This is the point where it gets a little weird. So I guess we'll stick with the doctor's end of the story, and then we'll get back to Ace and kingpin so that's a good idea okay so the doctor and i i loved how this scene looked and it i'm i was watching this scene when the doctor goes through he goes through the curtain basically through a portal and there's just yes crazy graphics and nutty stuff going on and i'm sitting there and i'm like just playing with the video effects just going let's see what this color saturates to yeah let's turn it this way let's oh yeah no it was it was very 80s but still really 
entertaining for the story. And on, honestly, I was watching that scene and then a little like just this the whole look of this these episodes and I went, "Man, I really wish we hadn't lost 6 years." Yeah. I think early 90s Doctor Who would have been really cool. It, it it could have been awesome. I mean, yeah, we had the adventure books, and obviously they're not beholden to any sort of budgets. It's like do whatever you want. Yeah. But to see what it could have been on TV, I I, I would have just I would have been over the moon. I would have loved that. And then it's even more like I mean, granted, we if you want to go back and listen to our review of the. 1995 TV movie even to that point it's like man 95 to 2004 Doctor Who would have been really cool it's just just like yeah I'm sad that we get that we have those years that we missed where it could you know we could we could be like 17 Doctors deep now oh yeah totally so I mean yeah but oh well you know you can't do anything about but so he goes through this curtain and he coming out the other side he's in this like arena like this it's a giant it almost looks like a roman arena kind of thing like a greek thing very much so but it's actually the the we'll call it the arena of the gods of ragnarok <laughs> which i'm sure he which saw is in the Sylvester McCoy. oh yes he saw it in the script and went yes thank you <laughs> Exactly. Now, I I think, I think Ragnarok is more a Nordic, uh, you know, Iceland, Sweden, Norway, Finland, all that kind of area, more so than um, other parts of the world. Yeah. But yes. And I love, I love their look. They are stone. Yes. They, they looked really, really cool. Um, Apparently they, uh, they can't get up though and walk away. Um, um, no, they can apparently fall over, as we later find out. <laughs> yes, they can't. When things are when things come crashing down around them, they are just like, "Well, we're we're stuck here." Apparently, oh, flop. Yeah. So while he's in with the gods of Ragnarok, we get back to Ace and Kingpin, and Kingpin is fully. He's back to himself. He's like, we have to go help the doctor, even though I don't think I've met him except for briefly. (laughs) Yeah. And they are met by Chief Clown, who I think has some robot friends in tow. He does. And they're, they're trying to get away from him, and they end up getting back to the... Uh, where do they they get back to the the sand robot? Yeah, the buried robot, and we, we neglected to mention that earlier. Bellboy gave Ace the remote control. Oh yes, to this, that that's important. We totally neglected to mention that. Yes, he gives her the remote, which I guess kind of resembles the remote from the last story we uh, reviewed. I wonder if oh, it was the yes, same it prop. Does, kind of. <laughs> that would be funny. I actually thought it resembled the remote on the tv that my parents had when i was a small child it was a very early wireless remote control that used like eight or ten double a batteries oh geez yeah that sounds about right (laughs) (laughs) i'm old i know (laughs) so the sand robot just starts murdering fools and it's it sadly even though rightfully so shoots chief clown right in his brain and chief clown is no more 
and it's it's very fun it's it's funny because it almost if you kind of don't pay really close attention to the the I don't know, projectiles it's firing. I mean, it's bolts of energy, but they almost look like like little cursors really quickly. (laughs) Yes. We're shooting these little arrows at you. Double click. (laughs) Double click those arrows on your face. So meanwhile, meanwhile, back in Ragnarok, the, (laughs) the doctor is doing this magic act, which is just... Totally ridiculous. Uh, And he's just... It is the Sylvester McCoy talent show hour, let's be honest. Yes, basically. And the judges are not enjoying it at all. Well, and it's... it's great because, I mean, this this is where I got my inspiration because they're they're going, you know, it's like the gods of Ragnarok, Ragnarok basically feed off the energy of entertainment. Yes. It, it, they're, they're the uh, um, entertainment tonight of ancient times. The um, merry heart of Ragnarok. The merry heart of Ragnarok. Oh, there's a second choice for alternative title. Um, but they're basically like, entertain us. Yes. Entertain us. And in my head, all I've got going through me is like when the Gregorian chant people covered um, like Nirvana. <laughs> yes. Do you remember yes, that? Yes, I do remember, do remember that. that. And that's when like, okay, I need to go record something. I'll be right back. <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff. Yeah, that was good stuff indeed. So I'm trying to... There's a piece of metal that just turns into a sword is a note I have written. And I'm... There is. And I'm and not... I'm not remembering where he got them. Oh, did he put them... I cannot remember. The doctor has the sword, right? And it looks <laughs> like it's... It looks like it's straight out of a cartoon. It, it does. He he has he has this piece of metal and manages to, again, buy magic and and what he ultimately uses this sword for. It totally supports the idea that the doctor does not go into a situation that he doesn't know he can win. Yes, um, because yeah, he does turn it into this you know very big yeah. <laughs> sword. It's like a Final Fantasy no, it's, sword. It's, it's huge. It, it it is a little bit. It's maybe not quite Final Fantasy size. Those <laughs> are kind of ginormous. Yeah. Um, but it's really big because obviously there is a a portal that that got him there, and that 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 portal can still let things through. Yes. Um, and somehow, like he's he's doing all this stuff, like he is literally biding his time because he keeps looking at his watch. Yeah, he's he's waiting for something to happen, and it's just not happening. <laughs> so he just keeps on going. Well, I I I think he somehow knows when it's going to happen. Yes, or pretty close to when it's going to happen because there's there is a slight delay. Oh yeah, when it's does happen so I, I i don't quite get the whole timey-wimey aspect going on here but there's a very i think a very clear indicator that that the doctor does know what's going on and does know what to expect and does know how he's going to defeat these guys yes definitely and how does he get the pendant i forget is it through the eye like they're at top of the the uh yeah because ace and um, um Ace and Kingpin. Yes, they head back there, and then Captain Cook's alive somehow, or dead, or Zombie. what? Zombie Captain. Z- 
Zombie cook. Ugh. Zo- yeah, exactly. Zomb- zombie cook with, with a really weak karate chop. Yes. But still a total blowhard, even in death. Indeed. They send the pendant through the mm-hmm. through the eye, and the doctor yeah. has it, and he just Care Bear stares them. Um <laughs> Yeah, basically, because the gods of Ragnarok start, you know, shooting like cursor pointers. Yes, at the doctor, and he uses like he's got it on the sword. He's holding the sword, and he's got the the pendant. Yeah, and he's shooting them back at the gods of Ragnarok using the pendant, and then everything starts, you know, going pear shaped. It all yes, it all starts coming down around them literally, and. I feel like Captain Cook is just like, well, it's time to die now. And he just falls into the pit. He just walks into it. Pretty much. (laughs) He's just like, whatever. Bye. My story is done. And the, yeah, the, the gods just, they, they don't get up and try to get away. They just are like, well, this is our fate, I guess. And and you can hear them, you can hear them moaning and like one of them falls over and I'm like, Ooh, indigestion. Yeah. That's not good. (laughs) Just sort of falls over and is like, Burr. and the doctor just, yeah, he, the doctor just, he just leaves. He just, he's like, well, yeah. my work here is done. And he goes through the portal, comes back out the other side and strolls away from the explosion, which is always Boom. one of my favorite things. It's, it's just looks yeah. so good. Yeah. It's a great gif as well. <laughs> oh yes, it definitely is. It definitely is. And Mags is fine, right? Yeah, Mags is fine. Yeah, Ma- Mags is fine, and she's like, "Oh, I don't know if I can control my, you know, werewolfy urges and stuff." And the doctor's like, "Yes, of course you can. You know, you can you can do anything if you put your mind to it," which is kind of back to the futury. But yeah, now it's like Kingpin and Mags, and now we're gonna start the Kingpin and Mags circus. Yeah. Oh, yes. She agrees to like stick around, and we're gonna make the circus bigger and better than before, or something like that. And that's basically. Yeah. Oh, and he they ask the Doctor and Ace if they want to go, and they're like, nah. And that's basically how the episode ends. Exactly. That's his like. Nah, we got other things. We're gonna go explore. And then that's it. That's basically the end. <laughs> Yep. Um, and then, uh, that is the end of the whole season. You know, you hear you expect, oh, my God, 25th anniversary season. They've got some great stories this season, and it ends with that. Like, nah. Yeah, there's nothing. I mean, do not get me wrong. This is a fantastic serial. Oh, it's a great story. But for if yeah. you're 20, it's 25 years, you're going to, you should do something. <laughs> totally. Right? Yeah. No, um, I completely agree. It but was yeah. a little anticlimactic. Yes. So we both thoroughly enjoyed this. So through our tour through the doctors, we've <laughs> hit a bit of a snag, Taylor, because technically we've already reviewed the, as we talked about earlier in this episode, we already reviewed the TV movie with Paul uh-huh. McGann. Not about to yeah. And the only other thing Paul McGann's really been in is the Five-ish Doctors, which was the uh, 50th anniversary like comedy thing. Oh, yes, and he was in that one little short bit where he regenerates into the War Doctor. Yes, we get his regeneration scene. So those are the only two things he's done on on film. 
So it's ah. it. I believe it is. It's your turn to pick. So, it is. so why don't you tell the people where we will be venturing next week or in next time? Yeah, we are going to be venturing into some very new, new territory. So, the next episode could be. Uh, it could be really interesting because we are taking our first crack at reviewing a big Finnish audio. So there's going to be nothing really visual. We're going to talk. I don't know. Maybe it's just like, <laughs> oh, it looked like this in my head. Oh, it looked like this in my head. It'll be a lot of that. But John, thankfully, has got a lot of big Finnish audio. I only have a few um, and I don't have any Eighth Doctor stuff. So we are going to be reviewing um, a story called The Great War which not surprisingly takes place during world war one, <laughs> um, which off the top of my head, um, features Paul McGann as the doctor. <laughs> Do and you... I'm sure there's other people in it. Would you like me to, to look up the other, um, the other players? Do you have the other, that would be excellent. Actually, before I tell you the cast, I would like to tell you it was written by Nicholas Briggs and directed by Nicholas Briggs. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Nice. So there you go. Big finish. Spares. No expense. Um, right. <laughs> we have Paul McGann as the doctor, Ruth Bradley as Molly O'Sullivan, and Toby Jones as Coltress. So Co okay. Toby Jones is in this, and he played the Dream Lord. So we're very excited to be listening to our first Big Finish audio here on Podcastica. Yeah, we're we're going to be I'll just let you know for the next two we're going to be throwing some curveballs at you. I'm just telling you right there, some 12 to 6ers, you might see them high but they're coming in low. Yeah, you lost me. What? I don't see, work those hours. What? No, a 12 to 6 curveball. It's it comes up high but then drops. So oh, the oh, hours. It's a baseball thing. Yeah. The hours of gotcha. 12 and 6. I don't sport much. The old Doc Gooden curveball. Anyway. Okay. So yeah, another we, doctor. yeah, no, 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 no. Yes, another doctor, Doc Gooden, the Doc doctor Gooden. of strikeouts. <laughs> so that that's it for us this week. I can't believe we made it through with all the nonsense happening around us and on the internet. Uh, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Just search the Podcastica on both of those, and you will find us on all the social medias. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Uh, search, hey. yeah, search Podcastica. You can follow me on Twitter at Team Hate, and you can follow Taylor on Twitter. Mountain Rush Garage. A huge shout out to the Y Axes. They do our music. You can check them out on Twitter at the Y Axes. You can like their Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Y Axes. And you can check out their Bandcamp site, the Y Axes.bandcamp.com. All that information will be in the show notes. Head on over to notlg.spreadshirt.com. Buy one of our cool Podcastica shirts. They're very yeah. cool. And you should buy one for your torso or someone else's torso. Yeah, give it to a torso you love. Yes, do that for sure. So join us next time when we will be reviewing the first part of Dark Eyes, The Great War, and we will talk to you guys then. See ya. See you then. See you then.